When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. Last year, both Stacy and I discovered Nutrafol, a supplement that supports healthy hair growth by targeting the five root causes of thinning, stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, and metabolism. We've been so thrilled with the results that in 2022, we want to make sure every woman knows about Nutrafol, because as it turns out, 30 million women are impacted by weakened or thinning hair. Nutrafol offers two targeted formulas for women that are clinically shown to improve hair growth and thickness with less shedding through seasons when hair loss and thinning are normal, like postpartum and premenopausal, and all the times in between. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after six months, and more than 1,500 doctors recommend Nutrafol as an effective and high-quality solution for healthier hair. Most importantly, Nutrafol is 100% drug-free. They use medical-grade botanicals in consistently effective dosages, so you get the most reliable results. And major bonus, you may also notice improvements to your overall well-being, including more restful sleep, less stress, and my favorite, better skin and nails. No matter your stage in life or whether you're experiencing thinning hair caused by stress, hormonal changes, overstyling, or some other reason, there's a Nutrafol product for you. Take their hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com for personalized product recommendations. Grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code D-I-J-F-Y to save $15 off your first month's subscription. This is their best offer anywhere, and it is only available to U.S. customers for a limited time, plus get free shipping on every order. That's $15 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code D-I-J-F-Y. When you call something a healthy version of something else, you are saying so much. You are placing so much of your like values and you're putting so much judgment on the original thing, whether it be Coke or Chinese food or Caribbean food or whatever it is that you're trying to healthify. It's very problematic. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about feeding kids. Hey, I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. And today we're doing a little year in review. We're going to be looking at food trends that we loved. And you know us, also the ones we hated this year. <laughs> I almost said loved and loathed, but that felt a little too cheesy. Love, love is pretty like heavy duty. It's a pretty serious. I know hate's pretty serious too. I just we're just gonna give our hot takes maybe on food hot, trends of the year. Hot takes. It's, it's a little bit of a weird thing that we do in food media, right? Look at the year behind us, so then in the following weeks we can look at the year ahead too. Before we get into our conversation today, though, we want to invite you to our Didn't I Just Feed You listeners community. Our free community is where listeners from all over the world come together to ask questions, offer advice, 
share favorite tips and recipes, and you get direct access to both of us. <laughs> Who As doesn't want so- that? <laughs> Who doesn't want that? As we recently mentioned, we are getting ready to take a break from recording new episodes through January. So the listeners group is the place to be to get more of us from mid-December through January. Come back in February. See you guys then. See you then. In the meantime, we'd love to have you as a supporting member of our community because we will be in that community space while we're taking a break. And anyone who has a supporting membership that gives them access to our bonus episode feed, those bonus episodes will still be publishing all through the month. So it's a great time to consider becoming a supporting member if that's something you've been thinking about. If you can afford it, it would be great. We'd love to have you there. But if you can't, don't worry. We love you anyway. We love you. We do. We love we do. you. So. You don't have to support us financially. It just really helps. Just keep listening. Get the show to keep it going and to keep yes, adding more yes. episodes, right? But yeah. we're, we're doing our best to keep it going no matter what. But it's the end of the year. Can you hear what we're doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's the end of the year. So we have to look back. Megan. Food trends yes. of 2022. Last year we did this, and I remember the feta pasta and pink pasta, mm-hmm. and we yep. approved both of those. Before we get into 2022 trends, I want to know, did you continue making feta pasta and pink pasta this year? You were psyched about them a year ago. I've never made the feta pasta. I feel like you've you're the two what? one of the two of us who's made the feta pasta. Yeah, and I developed a recipe for didn't I just feed you? Yeah, I think I I think the pink pasta has evolved for me into like a vo- spicy vodka sauce, which is interesting because that makes the list of one of the like food trends of the year, mm-hmm, and also. We both talked about it a ton, not a ton, but enough on what we're cooking and eating now episodes to the fact that I'm like, okay, so pasta is like a through line, 2021, 2022. And pasta chips were a thing we talked about in 2021. Remember everyone was air frying chips and trying to, or air frying pasta and trying to tell us it was chips. Absolutely not. I am not buying into that at all. Yeah. I'm so with you. Well, it's really funny because in some ways we're kind of a bad litmus test because I think both of us for work are developing recipes and we just have a natural tendency towards experimenting or trying new things. That's not as big a deal for us because that's our profession. So I don't think that not having made the feta pasta very much in 2022 is a sign that it was a bad trend. We no, loved it last year. I still year. see it too yeah. like on Instagram and TikTok. And actually it makes me feel like, oh, why why haven't I made that again? And our version uses a little bit of cream cheese too to help make because, you know, video can be tricky, y'all. But feta, when you melt it, it can be not grainy, but it doesn't fully melt and get right. super creamy. So our version uses a little bit of cream cheese as well so that your kids aren't like, why is this cheese lumpy or grainy or weird? You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know what you mean at all. I've now. never, I've never, ever heard my children say anything like now. that. We got you before. covered. Okay. So that was last year. 
This is now. What are some of your favorite food trends from 2022? I feel like the food trend thing is always like a little bit hard to, it's sort of like what you were saying about we're always cooking new things. I tend to like roll my eyes a lot at trends. I'm like, okay. Or like, because we've both been in it for so long, it feels like everything new is old again. Everything old is new again. (laughs) Especially with TikTok, like I, there was a point this summer where I kept seeing like the dressing made in your like old mustard jar being like a new trend. And I was like, that was like a big deal in like digital food media 10 years ago. Why Literally are we 10. revisiting it? Yes. There's nothing I loved from okay. this year. Wait a minute. Is that wait, weird wait, 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 that wait, I'm wait, taking wait. in? Okay. Butterboards. You. I feel like, I feel like I can't believe it isn't the first two words out of your mouth. I feel like. Butter boards were made for you to love them. Okay, but I don't. I know. So tell me. <laughs> Will you talk about okay. it? Why? Well, one thing is we just killed it. The internet yeah, that's absolutely true. ruined it by how much it like cannibalized it. And then it became this thing where like people were like, oh, but I'm making a peanut butter and yeah. jelly board or like I'm making a cream cheese board. And here's the thing. I love butter. I love boards of all kinds, but we just took the two, smushed them together and like, I'm sick of it. I don't want to see anymore. I don't want to see your like soup board or your mashed potato board or whatever those sort of like oh God, satirical takes on it. One, the spoof one about a soup board. Yes. It is hilarious where she's just like pouring soups all over yes. and they're spilling everywhere. It's the best. It's hilarious. Besides the fact, I feel like especially having youngish kids, I can't imagine a scenario where I'm actually making a butter board besides making it for like Instagram or TikTok. Even like a holiday meal. I just don't. I just feel like it would get gross from like little kids sticking their fingers in it and eating it. Did either of your kids ever just eat straight up butter? Yeah. Oh, as yeah. little kids. Yeah. Uh, ever. Yeah. I think probably I caught Oliver doing it recently. <laughs> caught. You know what I mean? <laughs> like yes. sitting there just like blump. So I think that that's the point. Like there were a couple of butter boards like at the very beginning that I really liked it. And I was like, oh, this is clever. And then a couple of standouts in that first week or two. A cozy kitchen stands out in my mind, but I don't know why. But like maybe it was one with like Calabrian chili or very Mm -hmm. thinly sliced pickled red chilies. And I was like, "Ooh, that looks good. But then you're right. We killed it completely. The thing is, I really don't know the application for this. I think if I was in my 20s and having a dinner party, it'd be a fun thing to maybe put out for friends. But I agree, like you do it once. It doesn't feel like a sustainable thing. I also think like practically speaking, like do you ruin your board? Is your board just like weird and greasy afterwards? We talked about that. And then there have been people who have been like, no, it's actually really good for conditioning Mm, your board. We did make a reel for Didn't I Just Feed You where I, and I have the strong opinion that um, if you have a piece of marble, that's a really good serving board for it because then yeah. it stays like the right temperature too, which is the other thing I worry about. Yeah, like, do you have to chill the marble first? You don't because it stays like temperate at room temperature. It stays cool. I worry about like butter boards too, just being like left out and yeah, like if it's I warm. Know. I don't know. Maybe my I'm the only person whose house gets hot when we have like a lot of people over and then like the germiness of it. I don't know. And I just feel like if I'm going to make a board, I'd rather it be like a classic cheese board. 
Yes. Although my friend Keenan, who is like a photographer, artist, interior designer in Atlanta, she said, and I thought this was genius, that she likes to do nice butter on a cheese board. And I was like, oh, that's actually kind Great. of genius. That right? I love. With some bread. And that's like a nice option for serving kids who might not be as into like the brie or the blue or any kind of like stinky cheese. That's something like nice and mild that everyone can get into. So I do like that. I love it. Speaking of things we made for Didn't I Just Feed You's Instagram, I feel like early in the year, baked oatmeal was everywhere. It was like the follow-up to baked feta. And you tried it for for our listeners, for our viewers. What did you think about it? Yeah. I mean, it's it's like you were saying about the gym jar or the mustard jar, the dressing in the mustard jar. Yeah. Like it's it's baked oatmeal. Like I think I had a <laughs> recipe for baked oatmeal on One Hungry Mama like 12 years ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm actually just looking up the reel because I want to see what did we do? What did we do this year? The big thing about it was like, oh, it was a great way to use up bananas so it was like naturally sweetened That's what versus it was. like it was the mashed banana and you do it all in one pan yes so there's like the convenience of of that it's interesting to me that something like that took off because you can find literally thousands upon thousands of baked oatmeal recipes and you could easily say oh instead of making this in a mixing bowl and then pouring it into a baking dish i'll just use a fork and mix everything up in my baking dish. Yeah. Is that the revelation or was the revelation the mashing of the banana and adding that? I wonder sometimes like what is the spark that makes it go when you're talking about something that is just from our perspective, pretty mundane. And we've been seeing people develop variations on the recipe for literally years. Is it sort of like the soup board? I'm going to try to create a recipe that has the same virality as like the baked pasta. So, but I'm going to make it for breakfast instead. And like, we're going to do it all in one dish. Is it just that one trend becomes the other trend? I will tell you, I don't think baked oatmeal had the same legs as baked feta did. It did. Or still does. And I think that's because the baked feta really felt like something new like being able to take a hunk of feta cheese and just plop it down in the middle of a baking dish and then that becomes your sauce. To me, I see the value proposition there. You know what I mean? Like you're skipping out on making a sauce, you're putting it all in one dish. I don't know, there was something about it that really did feel like fresh and like, oh my gosh, you know, when you and I have those moments where like, why didn't I ever think of that? Like we've baked feta before. And we've had feta pasta before, or we've put feta in our pasta before, either crumbled on top or, you know, like whisked into a sauce. But that was like, oh, that's a great pulling two ideas together and making it easy and making it something that even if you've never cooked before, you remember. And now you know how to make baked feta pasta. You know, like Isaac, who doesn't cook and who's just a teenager, having seen those videos a whole bunch of times... If I was like, oh, can you make baked feta pasta for us? He got it. You know what I mean? I feel like he would know what to do. Whereas the baked oatmeal felt like, I don't know. Yeah. There's also this visual component too, right? In all the things we're talking about, you said about the butterboard, you were drawn in by the one with like pickled chilies and like chive blossoms. Mm -hmm. I didn't say chive blossoms, but (laughs) 
but I love that you had them. I implied it. They would be because beautiful. I, they would be beautiful. They would. It was good. I'm with you. I want that more. <laughs> Baked feta, it's like usually lots of gorgeous olive oil and bright cherry tomatoes yeah. versus like the baked oatmeal. <laughs> it's like mashed bananas. Smashed bananas. It's brown with like little Oops. pops of purple and red if you add fresh fruit to it. That's funny. It's true. A lot of these trends come out of social media, out of digital media. And so they have to be eye-catching for them to have a long life to them. It's true. It's true. Okay. Let's move on to birria tacos. Yes. Do you not just feel like I didn't make them this year? Although Brian just sent me like kitchen, a real kitchen had, and he was like, I would like to make these. So I think that's one of the projects we're going to do in December. But I just feel like I saw them everywhere. Okay. So first of all, every single time I see them, I'm like, oh, that looks so good. Like it never fails to whet my appetite. Yes. Okay, wait. Time out. I think we should take a second to talk about what Berea is. For anyone who doesn't know, like we're sitting here talking about it like it's a thing that everyone knows. What's your Berea brain? Okay. My Berea brain. (laughs) (laughs) I think of it as stewed meat. That's Berea itself. Like it's a stew. It's a meat stew. I think of it as being like served with chopped white onions on top and cilantro. Birria tacos, I believe you take the tortilla and then you dip it in the broth that the meat has been stewing in and then put the meat inside and cheese and fry it up and then cilantro and onions again. Yes. And then it's like served a lot of times with the stewy broth to dip the taco in even more. It's more traditionally like goat or lamb, but we see it most often. And like what I'm talking about, seeing a lot on social media is um, beef. The beef Yeah, and you can make it with pork too. I've seen pork too. Um, And the meat, I think, is marinated ahead of time. Dried chilies and garlic and vinegar, adobo. I mean, that is, you make the adobo out of that stuff. And that's why that broth is so delicious and valuable and why it plays such a big part in like cooking the tortilla and serving it on the side. That is a huge part of it. It's not just how the meat comes out. But the meat, as I understand it, is like pulled and soft, like, you know, like a long cooked stew. It's just sounds so good. It's from the region of Mexico called Jalisco. That's where it originated. But now it's everywhere. I have not made them. I know that a lot of people are now trying to do like shortcut versions or like, I'm sure we could come up with a din. I just feed you yeah. version, right? Instant pot burrito tacos, I think, is actually what the kitchen one was. But I do feel like I've had it in my head that I want to do it a more like traditional way. And it's very time consuming if you do that. Yes. And a whole lot of steps. And so I just have never made them because I keep wanting to like make it the right way. In the meantime, when that first started trending, maybe, you know, New York City has a reputation for not having great Mexican food. I think mostly that reputation comes from being compared to Los Angeles, where Mexican Mm -hmm. food is so abundant and delicious. And it's true that we can't really compare. But I will say that over the last several years, 
the Mexican food in New York City has really like taken off. And we do have some great, great Mexican food here at every end of the spectrum, you know, from high end to just taco trucks. But when the birria tacos first started trending, there was like one place that I knew of in Brooklyn that served them. And now they are literally everywhere. (laughs) Everywhere. But it's the same thing where I'm like, oh, I wonder if this is the spot. Because it's like if you're a Mexican restaurant and you don't offer birria tacos now, it's like something's missing off the menu because it's such a big trend. But I'm like, are you doing it the real way? Like I want I want the real deal at least to start. Also, just like me cooking them, I haven't been ordering them because I keep waiting for like that perfect moment, the perfect place to get. I feel like, like you're the like real in deal. A, a Megan style analysis paralysis. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Totally. I Stacey, let's just make the kitchen one. Totally I'll share it to you and we can both make it like in December, January okay. while, while we're off. Let's do Not, that. Because- we don't have to share it just between the two of us. I love Brian that. Wants to I do love it that. And it's on my list too. Okay. Great. Well, buddy, okay. it's, it's like buddy cooking. Buddy burritos. Hey, can we make that a food trend for 2023? Buddy cooking? Yes. That's like a trend in the bookstagram those people who just like love, love reading that and they've made it a part of their personality. They do a thing called buddy reading, which is like where you read the same book as a friend so that you can not like book club, but like just have it's like I a thing that. to be closer together. Actually, when we were still living in Boise, I bought Patty a book of the month subscription for like six months so that we could read the same books side by side. And that was Did fun. you do it? Yeah. She's a much faster reader than I am though. So like <laughs> I would read the one book in the month and she'd be like already moved on to the next month's book. And I'm like, okay, hold on. I need a new book to read. Anyone out there want to be a buddy reader with me? I actually would yes. really love that because I like to read, but I'm a slow reader and that makes me less motivated. And I just like lose track of it, but you will be my buddy cook and we will make birria tacos. I say that birria tacos are a thumbs up food trend. I agree. Even though neither of us made it. I believe also that my kids will love it. So if I can get over this hump and do a quick version, even if it's not completely like traditional or whatever you want to call it, I bet my kids will be psyched and it could be something that goes into heavy rotation. Maybe we can start a a thread in the listeners group and we can figure out like what the recipe to try is. Yeah. Okay. What's up next? I want to talk about healthy Coke. Did you get into this trend? No, you would never. Okay, first of all, I there's so I don't even know what the first of all is. Healthy Coke is this idea that you can take balsamic vinegar and combine it with soda water. And literally, that's it. There's no sugar. There's no sweet component. And that it tastes like a Coca-Cola. I can't with this. I seriously cannot. On one hand, I really want to just like shame, shame, shame this trend. But then, I, like, I also am a person who loves a Coca-Cola. I probably drink one a month. I find it, like, the the most wonderful hangover cure, a migraine cure. Uh, I actually just love the taste of Coca-Cola. I love Coca-Cola, too. But I also am a person who loves those, like, bougie health halo sodas, like the Poppy you and Olipop. You do. You totally Which, do. In fairness, like they don't really. The orange sodas are my favorite because they kind of t- actually taste like orange soda, but like the Coca Cola and the root beer, they're like their own thing. And if people want to drink balsamic vinegar and soda water, which, ah, 
they can. They can, and that can be their own thing. But like, can we not make everything healthy? Coke doesn't need to be healthy. It's trash. It's not trash because we would never say that. But it's like, it's not great for you. Just know that and accept it. And it's okay to enjoy it however you want to. Why do we have to healthify everything? This is a great, actually, I think this is a great conversation because we, this can get, it's pretty insidious as it is, right? This idea that instead of saying like, this is a weird new drink. And by the way, there are several cultures, probably more than I'm even aware of, that have drinking vinegars. Yes. Drinking vinegar is a thing. Shrubs are delicious, which are like totally. vin- flavored vinegars that are usually sweetened and you mix them in soda water. So like I'm down with drinking vinegar. So fine. Okay. You want to mix balsamic and soda water. The problem is when you call it healthy Coke, the suggestion is that you shouldn't drink Coke and that you should drink this instead. And why? They don't even taste like each other. <laughs> so that's dumb is what I'm going to say. But then this idea of healthifying foods that we shouldn't be eating and drinking gets even more like that's diet culture in and of itself. But then it gets like really insidious when you start to get entire restaurants started by white people that are like, we have, we're making healthy Chinese food. (laughs) You know, we are healthifying Caribbean food. What does that mean? You're implying, like when you call something a healthy version of something else, you are saying so much. You are placing so much of your like values and you're putting so much judgment on the original thing, whether it be Coke or Chinese food or Caribbean food or whatever it is that you're trying to healthify. It's very problematic. Also, from what I saw, a lot of the remixes on social media, the healthy Coke tasted disgusting on top of it all. (laughs) It for sure did not taste like Coke. So let's like, let's not even pretend. One person after another being like, whoa. Listen, this is a little bit of an aside, but my friend Bailey sent me an NPR story yesterday about how Kraft is being sued over their like microwave mac and cheese cups. Someone is claiming it's false advertising because they claim on the box cooks in three and a half minutes. But like. It has to cook and then it has to set. So it takes longer than that. (laughs) And it's like a really interesting lawsuit only on the basis of like false advertising. So like if you try to tell me that something tastes like a Coke (laughs) and it doesn't taste like a Coke, I might come for you. (laughs) I I might buy it still like the poppies and (laughs) olipops because I'm curious. I want to know. You will. That's so funny. I forgot about the drinks for you. You are really into those. I do they like to try joy. them. I know. They do bring me joy. I struggle because a lot of them are like that health halo, like, oh, it's sweetened with stevia, which I don't love the taste of. Or like it has probiotics added to it. And it is a like it is a weird little thing where maybe if I let myself become completely unhinged, I would just <laughs> drink. I would drink Coca-Cola every day. And then what would that caffeine and sugar do to my anxiety? Let's not find out. Okay, friends, listen up. We're getting straight to the point with this one. We know how to make your holiday shopping way easier. 
We know that sounds like a big promise, but just like you all, we're busy and the holiday season can be overwhelming. We'd never tease you with a big promise like that and not deliver. So grab your holiday list, count the number of kids that you want to gift, and head to KiwiCo.com. You've heard us talking about how much we and our kids love KiwiCo, and this holiday season, we're getting serious with you. It's time to place some orders. KiwiCo's fun-filled monthly crates include everything needed for screen-free, hands-on enrichment. They bring together creative play, STEM, geography, and even cooking activities in a line of subscription options for everyone from babies to toddlers and teens 16 and older. KiwiCo crates make amazing gifts for the kids in your life, including your own. You know that we're partial to cooking. Lately, our families can't get enough of KiwiCo's Yummy Crate which delivers high-quality kitchen tools, three recipes, and two projects every month geared towards kids ages 6 to 14. And before each crate arrives, you also get a shopping list that includes alternative ingredients to accommodate different diets from vegetarian to vegan. But fear not if cooking isn't the thing that will spark excitement for the kids in your life. Through different seasons, our kids have loved the Kiwi Crate, Atlas Crate, and Tinker Crate, just to name a few. So be sure to check out all of KiwiCo's lines. There's something for every kid. So go now. I mean, keep listening to us <laughs> while you holiday shop. Didn't I just feed you listeners? Get 50% off their first month plus free shipping with the code D-I-J-F-Y at KiwiCo.com. That's 50% off your first month at K-I-W-I-C-O.com. Promo code D-I-J-F-Y. Short for didn't I just feed you. And KiwiCo is the perfect gift for last minute gifting too. No shipping or wrapping required. This episode is brought to you with support from Whole Foods. As a resident Greek girl, I am a sucker for Mediterranean flavors and want you to taste the Mediterranean too. Go to Whole Foods Market now and save on regionally inspired products through March 19th. Find sales on animal welfare certified meat, including boneless, skinless, air-chilled chicken breast, bone-in beef short ribs, ground lamb and more. Save on whole bronzini and sustainable wild-caught sockeye salmon. And stock up on Mediterranean essentials like feta cheese crumbles, whole wheat pita pockets, and if you're over 21, wines from Spain, Greece, and Italy. Grab your ingredients and experiment with family-friendly Mediterranean cuisine today. Think Greek-style ground lamb pitas, lemony oven roasted chicken, or bronzino or Instant Pot short ribs braised in wine. All simple and delicious. Taste the Mediterranean now at Whole Foods Market. Do you ever feel like you're in a never-ending cycle of snacks and meals? We get it. That's why we're excited to share Home Threads, the ultimate solution for creating a stylish and functional family space. At HomeThreads.com, discover furniture that can handle the chaos of family life. From wipeable dining chairs to kitchen tables and light fixtures, or you can just freshen up your kitchen with trays, counter lamps, decor, and other affordable accents that will help you update your kitchen into a room you love spending time in. Head over to homethreads.com slash D-I-J-F-Y, short for didn't I just feed you, to get a code for 15% off your first order. Because if you're going to be feeding them three times a day, plus snacks, you deserve a home that feeds your style. Home Threads, love where you live. That's homethreads.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y today to get 15% off your first order. When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. 
Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. Let's talk about coffee drinks and cold foam. I don't know if cold foam is really a trend, but it is for me personally. I feel like it's everywhere. Okay, right? So like Duncan picked up on it because it must have taken off with Starbucks and then there's copycat recipes. We did a reel on it. I mean, hi, people. It's basically a version of whipped cream. <laughs> so like that's, I we all know remember that, right? on Instagram when we I was like, wait, know it's wait cream. you guys, is it just whipped cream? It's I whipped cream, guys. Just we're, whipped just, cream. we're just not going to stiff peak. We're just spooning lightly whipped cream on top of our coffee. And I am so freaking here for it. Like all the time. You know how I used to say, like, I do not drink iced coffee except in like the hottest, hottest months. I walk home from tennis November, December, and I get my second cup of coffee on my tennis days because I feel like I deserve it. I used all my energy from cup one and tennis class. And I get an iced coffee just because I want that cold foam. Like, I don't care that it's cold out. I don't care that I'm freezing. Like, I want it. Give it to me. (laughs) So, but some trends, you try them And even if they're good and even if they're delicious, what makes it something that becomes habit forming where we really integrate this into our life? I would say that it's normally like effort, but it takes some effort to make cold foam. And I do it at home too. I just love it. It just feels really worth it to me. I don't know. Like, do you know what the difference is for you? Like even going back to the feta pasta. Now I remember. Now I'm going to make it again. But it's just not like, oh, my God, I'm going to make this every week or every other week. This is like a normal part of my life. But the cold foam did become a very normal part of my life. Okay, so one thing that bubbles up is like is the through line and some of these and why they're successful versus not successful. Actually, their satiation for us, like that they satisfy some sort of craving. I, I mean, I see this thing of like, Feta pasta is like has good healthy fats in it. There's lots of olive oil. There's fat from the cheese, even Maria tacos. Like there's a lot of fat there from the beef and what you cook it in. And then cold foam, it's like filling fat. Mm. So we're like, ooh, this makes this more satiating. Plus, I don't know how... Maybe it f- makes us feel on an emotional level. Like I like a cold foam because it's like very pretty to look at. It tastes really good. And so it feels like a little treat. That's what I was going to say, too, that I do wonder if there's some relationship that's imperceptible to us between amount of work, what hole it fills, like cold foam. There aren't very many other ways to make your coffee super exciting, right? And it's a pretty like easy way that also like probably like you're saying, like has a, you can add vanilla sugar, but does that dissipate more quickly because the cold foam actually adds something that you may not be perceiving, but satisfies your body because you're getting a hit of fat with your caffeine as opposed to just like sugar, which just your body runs through in a different way. You know, whereas like the feta pasta, 
is gets high marks on ease, but has to compete with so many other different options to become part of your repertoire, to become something that's integrated into your life. So it makes its way in, but it's not as permanent a place because we don't have an emotional connection to it as much. Do you know what I mean? So maybe something about ease plus what it's competing with, plus the emotional food joy quotient that you may not even be aware of. And it's like in some combination of those three factors, there's just magic where some things, some food trends just hit and become a part of your life. I mean, I'm sure there's a trend forecasters who they they look at that and they're like, oh, this is the perfect collision, coalescence combination of like ease and fun. And like, it's going to hit this, fill this emotional void, which I'm weird. I'm not good at forecasting trends or like knowing what will take off necessarily. I'll tell you one that didn't hit the food joy for me. The rice cake peanut butter cup. Oh, you were really into it. I tried it. I think my hot take, I was like, this is not, I love a peanut butter cup. A peanut butter cup I for love me a peanut butter cup too. is like a top tier, like maybe top three treats. And I'm like not discerning. I like a Reese's. I'll eat a Justin's. I'll eat like a fancy gourmet one. But there's something about this that just did not. It looked so pretty, too. So it's a rice cake. You're like, there's something about it. It's called the rice cake. (laughs) (laughs) No, I know. That was my. Well, actually, I have a lot of beefs here. Okay, so you do a rice cake. Take a rice cake. You spread peanut butter on it. You melt a little bit of chocolate. And then you pour the melted chocolate on top of the peanut butter. And then you're supposed to stick it in the fridge. I think it, there was no need to stick it in the fridge. I grew up with a lot of rice cakes in my house. And so I would do peanut butter on rice cakes and then like just regular chocolate chips, like yeah. not even melted. I think it would have been so, so good just melted without the chocolate being hard. But once the chocolate gets hard, then you're fighting a losing battle to like crack into it or bite into it yeah. where the chocolate shell is like sliding off or like cracking off in weird bits. Then there's the rice cake issue. Yeah, I don't like rice cakes. And I I fully admit that it might be like a PTSD. Nothing brings me back to triggering thoughts about really feeling desperate to lose weight than a rice cake. Seriously? I should laugh. But that's, I think, no, where so like, many of us for go. Because it was like, it is, for me, it is Low calorie, high volume. Yeah, it's the quintessential food that people try to get you. They're like, no, but look, we made it apple and cinnamon. And no, look, we made it caramel. And you keep going back for it because you're like, please satisfy me. Please, please. Like, I really want you to satisfy me because you're like so few calories. And it's cardboard. It is not satisfying. I don't care what flavor you put on it. (laughs) Go away. (laughs) Listen, I do kind of like the caramel ones. And (laughs) I like the like now they make the little tiny like chippy ones that are cheese like Quakers makes them. They're like cheese coated. I do like those. I mean, I think that's like a different thing entirely. For me, it's like a totally like an emotional thing. Yes. I could not get down with those. No more rice cakes in 2023, you guys. We're not doing it. We're not doing it. But you know what I will do? I will grate an egg. 
Oh yeah, this is I an interesting trend. In I didn't try, but was everywhere. I feel like in the spring. So tell us about it. What how you normally see it, or what where it started I mean, I from? Think, I think it started by someone just grating it over their avocado toast. Mm-hmm. I have grated eggs before to make egg salad. I don't like overly chunky egg salad. Did you know that about me? I don't like, feel surprised by that. When they're like, like it makes real, it feel more like, deluxe. Yeah, like uh, yes, thank you. It's like yeah. when the yolk gets really grated and mixes with the mayo, it becomes like real velvety. I don't want to see hunks that are too big in my egg salad. And then like the mayo, then it just feels like you have mayo slathered on like quartered hard-boiled eggs. Like that's not what I'm here for. So I love grating eggs and I love, like I love hard-boiled eggs on avocado toast, on regular toast. And it's true that when you grate it, you get a really nice distribution of yolk and white. You don't get big hunks of white. You get the flavor like throughout and it feels velvety. It feels soft. I can't explain it, but it feels nice and soft. And I really appreciate a grated egg. And I think we both agreed that it's a very kid-friendly trend. Totally. Like if your kid loves a hard-boiled egg, it's another tool in your arsenal to feed them to get protein. Whether it's like going in a pita or on avocado toast, or you could put it in pasta or like a pasta salad that way. So I love egg it is and a pasta cool, salad. Yeah. I love even grated egg and tuna salad. Have you ever had egg and tuna salad? Uh, absolutely not. That's a hard no for me. <laughs> so but you know, uh, I don't like a. Um, tuna- I know you don't like mayonnaise. I don't salads. like a mayonnaise salad. I'm not a huge fan of most canned tuna, and so then just too many <sighs> tuna salad for me. is so good. I feel sad for people who don't like tuna salads. Like a real good deli tuna salad. Anyway, with grated eggs, delicious. Try it if you're into eggs. Okay, okay. can we talk about salads? Yes. There are two salad trends from the year. One was this, um, gosh, what was it called? Like a chopped green goddess salad. I feel like the woman behind Baked by Melissa, her name is probably Melissa. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I kicked that trend off and it's like chopped cabbage and there's like cucumbers and lots of herbs. And then there's a green herby dressing. I actually want to find it. I wanted to make it. She has her own... Instagram that's as popular as the Baked by Melissa cupcake page, and you can find her. I think the idea was that you ate it sort of like it was a dip, so you would, like, eat it on tortilla chips, and people just, there were chopped salads just everywhere. Dippy salads everywhere. And that is a trend that I tried and really enjoyed. And then the other salad trend that's been more recent is, I think her name is Justine Snacks, or maybe that's her Instagram handle and her name is Justine. This idea of a baked salad, which I have a little bit of a little bit of a beef with because the name or the salad? This the name. Okay. Because the idea is like you're making crispy breadcrumbs, you're roasting chickpeas, and then you're like roasting Brussels sprouts or like cabbage or something. And then you're tossing it together to make sort of like a cooked salad. And I just feel like this roasted vegetables, you guys. (laughs) Why do we have to call it a baked salad? Although if that helps you enjoy it or like it helps you rethink sort of like sides or dinners. I okay, fine. You can have it. But like we know that marketing food can go a long way. 
It matters. But it's like when you turn broccoli into like trees or spinach into like <laughs> supervision. I don't know. Your supervision smoothie or your superhero smoothie. Baked salad doesn't have the kind of appeal. I'm like, how did you upgrade anything by calling it baked salad? You did it. Actually, it conjures for me caution. Yes. I don't like, want my oh, I'm salad get baked. Hot soggy lettuce. Yeah. And you know, we've also talked about the fact that I don't even like grilled romaine. Don't give it to me. I want nothing to do with your grilled greens. Nothing. Nothing. So, okay. you know, for me, I'm like, that doesn't add any value. Like that's bad marketing to me, a baked salad. But the idea is roast, like a roasted vegetable salad, like all things that have been roasty toasty in the oven, like baked up good, right? And then you toss them yeah. together with dressing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. But I don't call it like if I'm tossing Brussels sprouts that have been roasted with breadcrumbs and like a whole bunch of stuff. I did this recently with cauliflower. It's not a salad to me. It's just roasted cauliflower. It's just roasted veggies. Or roasted this is veggies. My... Yeah. Also, there's something here for me. Is this a single person mm. thing? Mm. There's other trends that are like that. I some in some ways feel like that's where butterboards started. Is it single or is it young? <laughs> or is it childless? Or is it some like overlap Both? of those things? Yeah. Interesting. Yes, and all. I went. I wanted to go back because I don't know that I've ever really looked at Justine Snacks, like her version of it, to know, like, is there a lettuce? Maybe there is a lettuce component to it that's not cooked. I don't, like I don't know that either. It's just don't like put lettuce fall- with my roasted vegetables. Cabbage, maybe. Really? Oh, you never have like like a harvest salad where it's like roasted and cooled. I guess squash. that's true. Yeah. Not my favorite, though, I will say. I I actually do enjoy that. Anyways, she does seem single lady-ish, childless. And so it's coming there. This is another thing that we have to like digest a little bit, I think, which is uh, how many of these trends only exist for food media? Like I think of the butterboard as one of those. Like someone's like, oh, this will be the perfect crux, like we said, of like, yeah, satisfying, yeah. And easy and like visually appealing. So everyone's going to jump on this trend or it's at least going to perform well as a reel or a TikTok. Like how many of these things are this is just interesting. So this is for that. This is a great way to wrap up the conversation because I feel like it's how we wrapped up last year and probably how we'll wrap up next year's food trend thing. Yeah. Because for us, part of why we started in I Just Feed You and moved away from some like from being only in other traditional food media spaces is because not that those other spaces don't want to be of service, but they want to educate and push boundaries and experiment around food. And that is a kind of being of service. But for us, given our passion for family cooks and for what it means to be a parent and all of a sudden to have this job put on your shoulders. It's like that meme, like, I didn't know I was going to be responsible for feeding someone all of their meals for the next 21 years. Oh my gosh. Right? Like, we're coming from wanting to be of service to that, (laughs) to that panic, to that reality, and to bring food joy, like to make sure that the fact that you have to feed your family over and over doesn't completely deplete you of all food joy permanently, which 
it runs the risk of doing, to be honest. It really gets right up on the edge yeah. a lot of days. <laughs> really. I think it's why we don't participate in a lot of those. And like sometimes we do and sometimes we want to jump on it just because it's fun or it's a creative outlet for us or because let's be transparent because growing our Instagram numbers helps us get sponsors and sponsors help make the show a reality And we know we ask for a lot when we're like, join our supporting membership, and we push that every single episode. But that does give us a direct line to our listeners so that we can make enough money to keep the show going to be of service. But a lot of business models in the food space really rely on views, views, and having to jump on that stuff. Otherwise, even when you know, like, this is just a flash in the pan. This is not actually useful. I do give a lot of creators credit for trying to at least make it fun and try to make it as serviceable as possible. But a lot of times it just really comes down to jumping on a trend and getting those views. And we have these sort of like private conversations when we're talking about Instagram or TikTok because we're also on TikTok. We decide if it's worthwhile to try a trend too. We're like, will this be of service? Yeah to our viewers, to our listeners, this recipe or this trend in particular, how does it fit into their life if they want to try it? So we really like at every step are thinking about whether it's worth it for you guys as much as it is for us. Totally. Okay. Before we close out, let's talk about a trend because we basically gave a whole little spiel about why we don't hop on a lot of trends and we try really hard not to fall into the trap of like views and like we're constantly walking this fine line because we do this is like a business and we (laughs) we need those sponsorship dollars and we need to be of service to keep it going but is there any trend that we did hop on that you feel really proud of I love our community and I feel like we added the community at the same time. A lot of people were like joining Patreon for their podcast or like building out something different. And I I am so grateful to our community that jumped in with us without really understanding Kajabi and is still learning it with us. But that's not really like food trends. What are food? I mean, I I do like like our butterboard. I do too. I thought that if you were going to do a butterboard, like doing a fairy toast version or a fairy bread version is in and of itself acknowledgement that this is not like, we're not trying to sell you on something that you're going to like do over and over and over. You no, might do it's it like just a one-time once, special thing. Or maybe like you'll do it once as a special thing and then you'll bring it back in a couple of years for a play date or a birthday party. And like, that will be that. But I feel like, you know, that was a great, trend that intrigued us and we kind of put it in its rightful place and made it really useful specifically to families. Yeah. So is that year one? You're like, besides cold foam. I feel really proud about that. Now that you're taking into 2023 with you. Cold foam, cold foam, guys. Like we were doing you a favor by making a cold foam reel. You need to (laughs) watch it. You need to put that on your coffee. Listen to us already. Stay tuned because we're going to talk more, you know, in the next couple of weeks about what is in store for 2023, probably more specifically about what's in store for Didn't I Just Feed You and in our personal lives, which people love to hear. 
But let's take this particular conversation to our Didn't I Just Feed You the Listeners group. Let's do we it. We hope that you've joined us there. If not, join for free at didn'tijustfeedyou.com backslash community. Or if you want those bonus episodes and other goodies, join our supporting community. Also follow us on Instagram where we're at Didn't I Just Feed You and we promise not to shove tons of useless trends down your throat. <laughs> and keep in touch with us by sending up our newsletter. A huge thank you to our producer, Samantha Gatsik. I'm Stacy, And I'm Megan. Stay sane and well-fed until next week. Be sure to subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You wherever you're listening. And don't forget to rate and review. 